1: are now listening to the thanks for trying podcast episode 8 hosted by myself the last skeptic today's episode features hemes formerly of Dash racist and now of sweatshop boys and my brother tin and do yep as always this podcast is super fucking sweary but today's episode was not recorded at night and there is no booze whoa shout out to seb white for recording the show and big up yourselves for listening Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to episode 8 of the Thanks for Triangle podcast, hosted by myself, The Last Skeptic, with super very special guests today. We have Heems and my actual real-life brother, Tianan Duyeb. <laughs> um, what, I, what, what I wanted to say is, obviously, we were just chatting and testing the mics a minute ago. And something very interesting came up, Heems. good old friend of mine, old pal Heems. Old pal. Something new that I didn't know about you. So we we were talk- we were just chatting, and you said my brand. Why don't you explain it?
2: My brand is basically eggs anytime, like a like a bad restaurant.
0: <laughs> Does this mean your Twitter avatar is like a difficult? Th- because if you just have an egg,
2: yeah. No, I, sh- yeah. I should I should go to the egghead Twitter thing at this point I think it's you should you
1: should just change your icon <laughs> yeah, to an egghead
2: after you get like a lot of followers you should do the egghead more instead right. of like you know the egg always being like a person with like three followers that just yells at you about Donald Trump on the internet yeah like after you s- you get like um, enough followers you should go back to the egg try to make the egg cool now
1: <laughs> ha- hashtag reclaim the egg <laughs> re-claim yeah reclaim the egg the egg, egg. Reclaim yeah. the egg man. I'll yeah. answer
2: that yeah. Um well well welcome back to back home I guess. Yeah, thanks for letting me live in your the, on, <laughs> on on your couch again. <laughs> this is like about the yeah,
1: it's pretty much everything happens in this room. So
2: yeah,
1: well, well welcome back to I
2: sleep in this room and rap in the other one. <laughs> yes, is, exactly. It's kind of my. It's
1: like an instant instant rap. And I make factory. eggs
2: in the in the kitchen. So the, those are the three uh, spaces yes. I occupy on this floor.
1: It all, it all happens. Um, and you're here. You're here this time with uh, Sweatshop Boys. Yeah. So I think just maybe you know we don't talk. We don't crazy promo. I ain't, I ain't gonna fucking drill you like you know interview and stuff. But why don't you just break it down real quick? What Sweatshop Boys is
2: an Asian thing, yeah. Mm. So my mate, yeah, he's from Wembley. (laughs) And we did a rap group because he's British and Pakistani and kind of comes from a similar like working class background, but is in the arts. And that's Riz Ahmed. And then uh, myself being, you know, Indian and in New York, we kind of had these parallel experiences of diaspora and kind of always looked across the pond at culture and at diaspora culture. So we made a rap group. And uh, our album came out about two weeks ago it's mm-hmm. called Kashmir. Mm-hmm. it's on our own imprint customs and yeah um been shooting a video out here uh, so that's been cool yeah
1: because you shot uh first part of the video last night right yeah it's just
2: okay. mad young like asian youths and like sp- sports cars sick and like drones so let's, let's see sick that's very cool yeah. uh,
1: the album is 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 amazing like it's, it's it's really
0: good. Yeah. I, I, I uh, before we recorded, I was telling Himes how I well, one of my favorite tracks is mm. half mogul, half Mowgli. Right. He, and he goes, "That's the track I'm not on." I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry about that."
2: I should be the type of guy that just like lets it go, but I'm like, "Yeah, the one track I'm not on." Yeah, yeah awesome, yeah. great, sorry, man. thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's great. My presence is still felt no matter what. I am on. I'm omnipotent. Omnip- it's omnip- like, omnip- like omnip- yeah, omniscient. it's like you were yeah, there. Yeah,
0: yeah. I sort of imagined you were in, like, at least mm. just you know nodding along or just like. L- you know, you
1: were, you were there somewhere.
2: I was there in spirit for that's
1: sure. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Tilda, tell me tell me about what's going on with you, because I haven't even spoken to you in at least like you know a week.
0: Yeah, a whole week. A whole, oh, a whole week. What's happened in a week? I yeah, had a cold. God. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah it's man. It's kind of going around. They do Lemsip, honey and ginger now, so that's so you don't nice. have to do it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> you don't exactly. have to like
1: cut up the honey and they've, squeeze the exactly, ginger. exactly, man.
0: They've even made bee mucus synthetic, so I'm bang up for that. Sick. Yeah, that's what's happened since I last spoke to you. Um, no I don't know I'm uh, writing a new show and that's not for Edinburgh yeah I think so I've I've got some tour dates for next year I'm trying to hopefully might do New Zealand Comedy Festival next year and then Edinburgh Hmm. so yeah all that kind of shiz
1: New Zealand yeah wow yeah, get to finally fucking visit Hobbiton. And...
0: That was my plan, and then try and mingle in. And if they do another film, I'm there.
1: Oh, shit,
0: it's my secret, my secret plan. It's uh, Hobbit, uh, Ewoks. There's still a chance. Mm. Hobbits. I think I've missed my chance, but if I can you, try my best, you, if I, you
1: you have to get Tolkien to write another book, though,
0: that's it. Or just tell Peter Jackson to find like a two-page thing that Tolkien wrote, and he'll make it into a seven-hour film <laughs> over twelve <laughs> parts or something. <laughs> because how shit was Hobbit man it made me so angry but the Hobbit is such a tiny little book I know and then and then he's like three two and a half hour films (laughs) like man you've that is a lot of filler
1: that is one thing I think like if a genie gave me three wishes like uh, what, what, one Matt of this the, is a
0: huge waste of a wish whatever you're about to
1: say no you know, I think it's it was, very valid
2: I think it's to, a really important wish you're gonna waste a wish on no? some like white nerd shit yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly
1: yeah. Yeah. But, uh, one of the wishes would be that they didn't make the Hobbit uh free bar <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Matt you see I already I mean you've wasted this like You know, I would have gone for, like, Spider-Man 3 not happening, or, you know, something a bit
1: more worthwhile. Okay, that's my second wish. Yeah, second wish. Second wish. And at the
0: end, people were like, why didn't you wish for World Peace? You're like, mate, look, No, uh, the Hobbit's better now. Because there was a
1: Punisher film that happened that needs to be unwished.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't be mean to Dolph Lundgren.
2: Yeah, sorry, that is some nerdy shit. Dolph Lundgren was in the... Punisher?
0: Yeah.
1: Was he the... No, he wasn't the Punisher. Wasn't,
0: uh, yeah, he was. He's in one of the... Oh, maybe there's more than one Punisher Tom, Tom film. Thomas
1: Jane was the Punisher.
0: Oh, there's an, I think there's an earlier Punisher film that's Dolph Lundgren. He's definitely a Punisher somewhere.
1: There you go. Maybe he just in his mind. <laughs> You, you know, you watch Marvel. I'd films. use
2: a wish on wa- having watched the Lord of the Rings or read it or any of the Marvel shit, so I would have understood what was going on the last. Like, wait, wait, you,
1: you t- never, you never heard Lord of. You're I'm a not, well, you're a well-read guy. You I'm read lo- film.
2: Film is where I know nothing. I haven't seen any of the Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or The Godfather.
0: Wow. Wow. So are you gonna have to? Because Riz is in the new story. Yeah, are you gonna keep- have to see that one or?
2: Cause know. you won't get any of it. I haven't seen Four Lions yet. I guess I gotta watch that right. too. Yeah. No, I don't actually. I only watch like bad Indian movies and romantic comedies. Yeah. Well, American come romantic best. comedies and bad Indian movies that What's I find to be good.
1: <laughs> What's your favorite rom com?
2: I mean, I'm a, I'm very fond of Hitch. I'm on the record as a as a fan of Hitch. Hitch is good. You know.
0: Which is real So like the one
2: that, that's the superhero Smith. one. Will is it? Smith. No, that's, no, that's, that's um, Hancock. Maybe. Oh,
0: yeah, this is the other one with an H, that's mm. so just one word. Yeah, that's oh.
2: also Will Smith. I often, I thought you were about to say the superhero one was Blade, because I often have in my brain somehow put Blade and Hitch together. Oh, So they're oh, wow. like two sides of the same Bleach. coin. Uh, yeah. Except in a- one he kills a- vampires, yeah. and in the other he's a love consultant.
0: That sounds like it could be a film to me. Though. Yeah, like I think you should that, pitch that.
2: Just put them together, but that's he can only girl. go
0: out at night. She's only around a day. Yeah, <laughs> that's something. But you know,
1: yeah,
2: they
0: have to meet at Twilight. They're like, oh no, Twilight, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <it's just,
2: laughs> damn. Nice. Third, uh,
1: third film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's a really good film. Well, I mean, it's I, I fucking love rom coms, but like, I've, there's not know.
2: enough vampire murdering in them. There's so you know when you enough bring enough. in the blade.
1: There's not enough vampire murdering within. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, really horrific, you know, blood from the fucking ceiling, like, all of that shit, like they did in Blade. Yeah.
2: Like, like, I thought Blade Trinity was sick, actually. I think he was Mm. too old by the third one, and he was, like, very slowly kicking vampires. (laughs)
0: I just didn't care about the other characters. Like that's, they always do this thing of like it's a superhero film, and you go great, and then they go here's all these other guys that help me. I don't want. It's like in fact it's like when certain rap tracks when they've got guest star, guest star, guest star, and you're yeah. like, what about the one person that's whose album it is why are they only saying three things well there's yeah. a lot of
1: posse cuts that even though there's I mean it's not like scenario where you would wait until oh, the yeah. end for Buster Rhymes yeah, yeah, but right. it's like you know there's certain ones even like Monster everyone takes the piss out of Jay-Z's verse on Monster because yeah. like, he just lists <laughs> monsters but like I'll be
2: I know that's what it is and I think about it a lot but when you're, <laughs> yeah, like, like, when you're just hearing it like that you're like whoa maybe that is kind of cool and not just funny <laughs> like maybe that's good he just lists monsters <laughs> I just, I, I bet though it's the way he sounds while he's listing the monsters. Oh. It's not just the idea of yeah. listing monsters is fine. Listing is great in rap. Yeah, that's but right. it's him going ghoul kind of yeah. type. <laughs> kind of, there's like a feeling to it that's like ghoul goblin. He's like, it's like he doesn't say it like a normal. Was it like dude. a
0: Halloween release? Was it like a special? No, movie? no, no he
1: just Jay Z likes it? monsters, man. I mean, that's pretty much it. Hey, that's man, what, but
0: who man? doesn't? They're great. They've got universities yeah. wow. and shit
2: that's true so, yeah. yeah good point Brilliant. incorporated companies <laughs> absolutely <laughs> exactly
0: monsters uh, they're doing pretty well yeah. in, in today's yeah. capitalist society Ball that's another film yeah, yeah they've got a ball they've yeah. got a ball absolutely um, so yeah, you well. <laughs> yes. I feel like I just want to say that in scenario you do wait for Busta Rhymes, but also who's that Brown yeah, that's oh, one of my um, favourite bits yeah, Charlie and Chuck? Chig- Ch- 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 Chicken yeah but that's
1: yeah. Um, that's Busta No. So. no no it's not no it's Charlie um Charlie that's Charlie yeah, Charlie, yeah. Brown. Charlie Brown Charlie yeah. who's Brown who's that Brown yeah. who's that Brown I just said I thought
2: it was Charlie Black because that's like a reggae dude but I was like that's not right no there yeah you go. we sampled him saying that oh, Bra- oh is it yeah, yeah really like it. well there
1: you go
2: yeah
1: oh nice well that's excellent yeah, yeah good try yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah no so you you wait for verses like that, but then there's certain verses you just because the posse cuts are too long, like money power respect right yeah, yeah. i mean i I want to listen to to for d m x,
2: but he's all the way at the end, yeah there's always one guy who's not good but but it's like endearing that the rapper threw his bad rapping friend on the track, yeah that's like my dude yeah. who does the best verse on the posse cuts.
0: But you can do. It. It's like in comedy gigs where the less good person is on in the middle because they're buffered by yeah. good acts, and it's the same yeah. in the in the kind of the posse cut where they're like, "I oh, just put him on in the middle, it'll be all right. Yeah. Everyone will just let it go. That's when they can have a cup of tea or whatever." Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I feel that. Well, you've you've done a lot of um, like you've done well, not posse cuts as such, but you've done loads of fucking records with like you know people that that people forget that you've collabed with.
2: Yeah, I guess rap is my collaborative, though, right? More yeah, than I know. other genres in a sense, right?
1: Because I remember when you stayed here last year, and like, and we were just chatting, and we we're just like playing through some stuff, and then you were like, "Oh yeah, that's my song with childish Gambino." Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. There's a video too. And I was like, oh, all right. So you've done a
2: song with fucking Donald Glover. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What was that like? Made two songs together. One was over an email, and one was in person. And it was cool. His brother was there too, who's been like, uh, who writes on his show, Atlanta.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that yet. And uh, it was
2: just cool. It was just quite, I like this, hanging out with two brothers. And you know, it was dope. Factual. Yeah. (laughs) Bringing it back. Nice, (laughs) nice.
0: Full circle.
1: Yeah. I mean, you see, he's just fucking hilarious. Did you ever watch Community? Yeah. Yeah, Like, see, I just love that shit, man. He's going to be
0: in the next Star Wars. He's going to be Lan- young Lando Calrissian. Yeah, yeah in, I uh, heard
1: that. It's a great chase. Yeah. So you're going to have to doubly watch Star Wars now.
2: Yeah, that's two, two people that... Ra- Actually, it's cool. They both Three. are... Oh,
1: no, we they're both bo- But they're
2: both rappers and actors who you know are, are pretty smart and creative and use their platform
1: um so tell tell, tell me what's going on with comedy club for kids because or at least explain it first for people that don't know so obviously you you know this is for the, for the idiots who don't know you're a fucking amazing and, and very successful stand-up comedian who who not only does like incredible political stuff it's, it's alongside with your podcast which i want to talk about in a bit um but then you also do comedy club for kids
0: that's, I think that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be different at Christmas. Um, I are a shit That's my fucking roast potato. Um, yeah, so Comedy gigs is Kids is it's, it's a stand-up comedy gig, but for kids 6 plus and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the stand-up is suitable for them. But I'd still say at times it's quite... Uh, on edge of what you can do for kids like, like within safe parameters mm-hmm. uh, but we've got certain acts that do it who push it as far as they can uh, and that's why people like coming to it because parents come and they're not just bored yeah. of bringing their kids to some sort of like Plinky Plink and the Red Sock adventure or whatever they Sounds get to come amazing, does sound amazing. <laughs> yeah. I've just made that Advice, up I'm going to uh, jot it down yeah, after great. this yeah. and um but yeah, so so it's it, I mean that's amazing. We did like 185 shows around the UK last year and wow. uh earned profit did you, did in Edinburgh of this year. No, God, no, I didn't do all of them. Um we did uh South Bank Centre on Sunday for the first time and um not in the main Royal Festival Hall one day. Uh but yeah, it's just growing and growing and growing. We've got some amazing acts that are doing it. Mm. Um so it's working out what to do. We've got this big uh Comedy Club for Kids Christmas Cracker that is a special Ooh. Christmas show we're doing all December myself Howard Reed and Beck Hill Oh coming to that I'll tell you I'll tell you now one of the main jokes is uh, what's your favorite Christmas carol well it was 1986 and my name isn't carol We do that <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: that's,
0: hap- that's about six times That's happened about six times in the show That's great. So uh,
2: yeah
0: <laughs> There's going to be a bit where we hand out Christmas crackers to everyone, but they're Jacob's crackers. Yeah. It's that sort of bullshit because children like it. Hey, uh, I, we like it. I weird, like it. Me.
1: That's fucking brilliant.
0: There is Howard Reed at the moment. Who's, um, Howard Reed's amazing if, mm. if you don't know yeah, me, so like uh, a a stand-up who he used to perform with a, an animated boy called Little Howard that he did live and he controls it like using uh, a clicker, but he's got an Xbox controller so he can make Little Howard perform by himself. He's incredible. But at the moment in his kids' set, he does a thing called Fart Psychic where he tells all the children he can predict their futures and read their thoughts by pulling their finger. And he goes around the audience, pulls their finger, makes a, presses a, his clicker, and it plays a fart sound, and then he reads their fart. And I swear, every <laughs> I've seen it about 40 times now and I still cry laughing it's just because that's the thing kids that's have got no great. kids don't care they're like well, they love really intelligent stuff but they also just go yeah. farts, poo, hilarious
2: and then they laugh for days I I, I think those things farts, poo, hilarious they're still funny yeah, still and, really yeah funny.
0: absolutely crazy. but I think a lot of grown-ups kind of, or like, uh, kind of go oh that's very childish no. human you're like you want to laugh you dick over, over
2: a, in America we still rate farts, poo and all that stuff man <laughs> you rate them? yeah oh,
0: alright yeah. yeah Yeah. Not, a fish, not like a ratemypoo.com no that's thing, slang
2: right? isn't it yeah,
1: yeah, no, he's he's getting in with the, he's getting in with the slang. Right,
2: yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, no, it's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I just suddenly worried that for a minute that you were talking about a specific
2: no, I, I thought rating site. So. I threw in different. It was good. Yeah, thanks. yeah, and no, I enjoyed thanks, it. Thanks, thanks. thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um you, yeah.
1: you, you you, what's because like sorry first i want to say what's what are the some of the guests that you have on comedy club because you said you had a lot of great like like a com- lot of like, special guest comedians come down and enjoy it that might only previously do like adult kind of uh scenarios for for their comedy
2: and has anyone yeah. accidentally cursed ever oh
0: yeah yeah uh yeah we've had some well, no, we haven't had too many over the years, but we've had a few bad ones. Yeah, really bad one. Um, actually, you no. Know, <laughs> let me tell you the worst one for the sake of progress. Worst one ever was Joel Dommett, who's now doing quite well, yeah. Um, yeah. and he's on uh, his comedian's on TV quite a lot now. And, um, he uh, this is the worst thing that anyone's ever said, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Camp festival audience of about eight hundred people in a tent. He decides let's make a, a, what was that transformer like constructor or whatever, where it's all made of different parts. And he's like, let's get kids up. We'll make a giant constructor mm-hmm. So he gets a kid to grab each of his legs one to grab his arms one to jump on his back and as they're doing that into the mic he goes oh it'd be awkward if I got an erection now thanks Joel Uh, 800 people luckily no one complained because it was a festival Joel has never been booked by us again I love Joel never booked him again (laughs) Um, generally though most of the acts. Uh, one said Ian Sterling, who does it at CBBC, he swore on stage, backs that He said something like, that's fucking great. And he was so embarrassed that he called up his mum and his mum told him off down the phone in front of the audience. Amazing. And the kids thought <laughs> that was amazing. Good comeback. Um, Adam Hills, though. Adam Hills, uh, years ago, had a thing where he would get people's soft toys they brought with them and he'd make them fight and, and create personalities for them. And this kid had a little toy gorilla in like a camo like jacket. Yeah. And um, and he called him like Sergeant something. And he was like, and I don't take no bullshit. And then he suddenly paused and went, oh, I should have said shit or oh, I should have said oh. shit again or oh, I should have said shit and he did that for about four minutes and everyone was crying laughing we didn't again no complaints it was so brilliant good, mm. good. so yeah but but I'd say like uh, this is now suddenly remembering that people listen to this like most like <laughs> really that's those are rarities mm-hmm. like uh, yeah. we've got one venue in the country that complains every single month regardless of what happens uh, this month one of the acts had tattoos we don't oh. think that's suitable yeah. um, but other than that uh, it goes down pretty well and all the acts are like I mean you know there's so many acts whose material is like like I don't know if you've ever heard of Brendan Burns his yeah. Aussie comic shouty yeah. Aussie comic yeah. so Brendan's like really, he's a really aggressive like uh, all his stuff is like there's a man fucking a goat and it's like really but he does comedy he for kids and he uses the same personality but with like I'm going to hide under your bed and scare you and they all go yeah it's hilarious <laughs> so like he uses it in a different way and it's beautiful to watch you mm-hmm. know and you get someone being that inventive,
1: and you because you get kids coming up and do, do, you know doing comedy as well, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, and some of them are terrifyingly good. There's um there's a girl called Grace who used to be Grace the child, but she's now 13, so she's Grace the former child. And um, she's done Edinburgh two years in a row, just like four or five days of 45 minute shows. Last year she got in Telegraph's top 10 jokes of the Fringe. What? Um, had a Guardian G2 piece about her. She's 13. She's she's dark as fuck. Like she's got a joke. This is a joke she wrote herself. It's all about, like, I don't understand why Russia is so homophobic when the Trans-Siberia Express runs through it. Like, that's clever. How clever is that? She wrote that when she was 12. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah, so we've got loads loads of kids at the moment that are doing really well. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's dope. I think kids say some of the funniest, like, most surreal things and just pair words together the way, like, adult, human adults don't.
1: Mm, cause basically so drugs. I try to
2: steal thoughts from kids like steal kids material all the time <laughs> I like hang out with my nieces just so I could steal jokes and rap from them it's great because they'll, they'll be like I want to make a castle made out of water at the beach and then you you use that in a poem that's you know? amazing yeah Kids say the darndest things. I yeah, yeah, I <laughs> but, guess is essentially it's cliche, what I'm saying. Yeah. is
0: the sort of unfiltered, isn't it? Like, um, yeah, I'm, the kid once shouted at me, like, today I bit a zombie. And you're yeah. like, wow, like, where's that cover? You know, just that weird yeah. looking at it from the. Yeah. Like, the interesting thing is with that is like the, the kids' gigs, if we have an act on who's really surreal, there's like a really, really good comedian doing work at the moment who's really surreal. Um, he doesn't work for kids because they're just like, yeah, I thought of that already. Yeah. Oh, really? That that's oh, weird. That's yeah. mad
2: interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: They prefer it when there's an adult being a dick. Like yeah. that's funnier to them than an adult being on there.
1: It's really strange. Oh, Weird so what, like they just they just think well that's just that's where my mind has gone so you're not teaching me anything new right now
0: well that's it they're not surprised by it yeah because they're just like um, so I mean I'll, I'll give you some the, the actor Tony Law who's brilliant like, yeah. I love Tony he's, he's amazing but he used to have old routine about getting a bear to fight a shark and how he would set it up and you'd yeah. paint the shark to look like a salmon and put it in a paddling pool and you'd convince the bear and it's really funny but he was doing this to kids and the kids are just like yep uh huh Yep. <laughs> whereas adults would be crying because so yeah. it's like this man's being ridiculous yeah. kids are just like yeah of course you would why wouldn't you do that
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> why wouldn't you have a bear? saw
1: so that coming <laughs> yeah it's, it's really strange do you, do you see a lot of stand up in, in, in America
2: I I I, I see stand up. Cause
1: cause you're friends with a lot of stand up comedians. Even like when I I DJed for you in Queens at Queens Museum, and there was a uh, a few of your friends that are, that are like quite quite well known stand up comedians. You had over Hannibal there in one
0: of your videos, didn't you? Hannibal Barres. I
2: had Hannibal and Eric in a video yeah. oh, Eric, about yeah, yeah, yeah. skin lightening. Right. It was about skin lightening creams and like a mm. an, an exotic Indian guru selling skin lightening creams to Eric to make him lighter, and then like his girlfriend ends up with Hannibal, who's, well darker than Eric and and, and that was it um, and but how, yeah you know i think making music that kind of had humor in it and the other thing is i know two i know another pair of um of friends who are a musician and a, and an older brother that does comedy, and that's Hari Kundabolu and Ashok oh, yeah, yeah. Kundabolu, who was in des Racist. Right. So um, just through Ashok and Hari and just kind of UCB and making jokes and rap and having a part of the same kind of time where, you know, c- comedians started, yeah, playing like music festivals, and mm-hmm. a lot of comedians like Aziz were constantly like um writing like that sketch he has about pitchfork and just so comedy and rap i feel like or music indie music mm-hmm. independent music and comedy started kind of occupying a similar space or community if mm-hmm. you will in in the states in the last like 10 years yeah i'd say more than ever
1: because I, I I love that even over here where we've had um, I went to see Ramesh uh, Re- Reganathan oh, yeah, yeah, yeah with uh, his his show with um, Michael Payne um, and uh, Ramesh uses Michael's one of Michael's songs to come out to uh, at his nice. show at the Apollo and obviously Frankie Boyle uses one of Trims songs to come out to it, uh, at one of his shows as well and I think is it's, I always like that when like the, the the those worlds interconnect somehow because they are so intertwined.
2: You're still writing, and I mean, I don't know, it's about a certain way of looking at the world, and yeah, I think, you know, I'd say I know a lot of musicians who are pretty funny, Mm -hmm. and I know, actually like Reggie Watts is a good example of a musician who's also a comedian who kind of pulls both off, and He's amazing, Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. Or Joe Mandy even put his album out as a mixtape. I put it out on my label, but it, that's plug, plug. But it was cool because it, it was he had like sketches and like interludes that were from yeah. rap albums. So there is this hyper awareness, I think, of each world, you know, uh, as far as this like comedians and musicians in the states. Yeah. And if you so you if you worked have you worked with Reggie Watts before. Uh, I was in a film with him called Creative Control where I played, like, an ad guy who was constantly hungover and Reggie was, like, the cool influencer we gave these AR glasses to. And it's, like, a future ad hipster kind of dark comedy type of thing. Sick. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah.
1: So it's basically just all of of the comedians that are now, like, fucking killing it in the States. Like, at some point you've had them in a video or you've been in a film with
2: them. I... Wouldn't say that, but all of them. Yeah, all of them. (laughs) All (laughs) of them.
1: Yeah. And do you rate Aziz Ansari?
2: Yeah, I think he's great. I think he's doing really cool work, and he's also like using his platform to talk about race and stuff. And Mm. I've always thought he was a funny dude. Yeah. 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 You know. And you and and you are you. He likes the movie Hitch as well. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just to. I used to be upset at him because he would constantly tweet about Hitch, and I know that Joe Mandy had a joke about Hitch where he was talking about who the hell rides, like, jet skis in, like, the Hudson River or something like that. That's a really good point. And uh, I was, like, a little angry because I was like, there can't be two dudes who are brown who make Hitch jokes constantly. (laughs) Like, this is... That was the only time I felt, like, threatened by Aziz and sorry. (laughs) Early on, there weren't a lot of brown dudes, so it was the idea like you go to a party and there's another brown dude, and you got to be like, Hey, man, um, uh that's me tonight. I think you, sh- you should go, you should go. And the party for me was just a room of people talking about Hitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, what, what, what I wanted to ask you, but what other um, what other rom coms do you like? Cause I'm I'm a fucking rom-com guy, so I'm, um, like, I'm I'm into
2: this. I don't mind like ten things I hate about you, or yeah. the other one I confuse it with How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Yeah.
0: And then oh, they're not the same film.
2: No, no. Right. Oh
0: wow, I don't know which one I've seen then.
2: Um, Ten Things I Hate About You has like Heath Ledger and yeah. Julia Stiles, and is a bit of a Shakespearean take on like a young. Young people in love in America, right. <laughs> if you will, and um, how to lose a guy in ten days. Of course, Studio so.
1: Styles and Heath Ledger, yes. it? <laughs> Shakespearean take. On it. Yeah,
2: exactly, is the uh, same exact movie, but with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. Yeah
1: oh wow because right. they did and they've done a failure. they did they? Failure to Launch isn't Jessica well? Sarah Jessica Parker Failure to Launch
2: no oh no. well, was it maybe you're right yeah I think so you know all white people look alike to me well
1: it's, <laughs> it's not just to you it's just factual information <laughs> yeah. um, I always think that about Game of Thrones yeah when like there's just a bunch of old white dudes like in armour and then one of them dies and then the next scene he's in it again as someone else yeah and, like
0: yeah it's how you save money on actors isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah genuinely there's 18 people in Game of Thrones that are exactly the same old white man but
0: that's what actually happened in medieval times as well oh really <laughs> it's just this, it was just the same 18 guys just kept getting killed in different wars <laughs> exactly, coming back and with then a they slightly slightly t- and be like hey, are you King Harold no, <laughs> no, no King Harold me. didn't have this moustache and then they'd be like it's basically it's why all the tapestries look the same isn't it <laughs> they all look the same with tapestries paintings and like. that's the
1: only reason why they cloned them to make the tapestries easier absolutely so, yeah to paint to save money on paint I mean, that is you know what that reminds me of my, of my favourite bit like I believe is, is is one of your is your favourite bit as well of um of, of Muppets in Manhattan oh man yeah, yeah see know you know you, you must have seen Muppets in Manhattan no oh, come on man you need to watch that it's, it's I
0: mean it's got romantic comedy I mean there's always the Kermit Piggy romance yeah so yeah. you might like right. that
1: yeah, it's very, very, yeah. romantic. But there's the be- there's the be- it, yeah. there's a, there's a great scene, Nahim's that you would l- you would love in this film where um, you're not
0: going to spoil it for him.
1: Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, where Kermit and um, and and Fozzie, Fozzie. Bear uh, are walking through Central Park and
2: um
0: <laughs> i think you need to preempt this by saying that in the film they're brothers they're brothers right?
2: they're brothers They're brothers, right?
0: and and one's a bear one's a frog but they're brothers and occasionally they look at a picture of their dad who's like a green bear yeah. with frog eyes okay <laughs> and that's like a, a running <laughs> joke throughout
1: it's so good for a kid's film so so they're walking through central park yeah and um and Fozzie's wearing a hat this is important yeah. And um, and this guy and I don't know how it comes about, but they're talking about how like oh yeah yeah no no we're 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 brothers and they're like no you're not brothers like you look you look nothing alike and then Kermit goes oh wait a second and he gets out a hat like fuzzies puts it on and then the guy goes oh I yeah, yeah. see it now <laughs> there's a, and
0: then later there's a bit where Kermit's crying on a bench in a park and a little girl walks past and goes look mum a bear and the mum goes no no honey bears wear hats. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's beautiful so
1: beautiful. <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, fuck. Oh, which, I, I, I like the new Muppets film as well, but, you know, I li- you know, I loved all of them. I like all of them. The new series was great, and then it got.
0: Did mm, they, they said it was too negative. They had to change the showrunner because it was too. Um,
1: too many guns.
0: Yeah, too much guns. That's it. Too many yeah. guns. Well, bear arms, I suppose. There's loads of bear arms. Sure <laughs> works, doesn't it? The right, the yeah. right to bear <laughs> yeah, arms. Yeah, the right to yes. bear
1: arms, yeah. Yeah, for real, We right. need
0: those in the Muppets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and spe- speaking of which so tell, tell me about the podcast
0: oh yeah the one that i use your music on all the time oh. and uh, <laughs> keep forgetting to credit you for uh i did re- i realized that earlier today i was like i should just thank you at the end of every episode oh it's fine uh yeah uh so uh it's called the partly political broadcasts um it's doing all right i i it's funny and i i uh i don't know if you find this this podcast uh, do, you, do you podcast themes? have you got a
2: Do I do a podcast? Do you podcast?
0: Are you a podcaster? With Mm. all your many... I know you do like hundreds of things, so I didn't know if you added that to your...
2: No, I haven't. This this kid's too off to... It's a long story, I don't... (laughs) <laughs> oh man
0: alright I feel like I feel like I've accidentally hit a nerve that I didn't mean to uh, no, hit there no, don't talk funny. to me oh about podcasts God, <laughs>
2: no, no, no no no
0: you know you're on a podcast now right
2: yeah what <laughs> That's I feel very strange oh man I'm sorry <laughs> no it's fine ah, sure. you've triggered me by reminding me I'm on a podcast Podcasts are a, you, is a very sensitive topics. like a
0: when they used to trick Mr T, had to get on planes. Is this what we've done <laughs> in the podcast? Like,
2: yeah, I'm actually, this in a in a well, I, I was just asleep on the couch, like I have been <laughs> for like three days, and then I wake up and there's a podcast. I'm talking.
1: Literally, that is how it happened this morning. Uh, I woke up at twelve. We we're supposed to start recording at twelve. I walk in and go, I need a shower, and he's like, I need to. Can I sleep for 10 more minutes? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> and at 12, I was
2: outside your door. <laughs> oh, yeah. I,
0: why, why won't anyone let me in?
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Because oh, we're, we're, we're rap guys.
1: Thanks. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> everyone.
2: No, Thanks, I don't have a podcast, but I enjoy them sometimes. But I also just like listen to the same like two albums every three months instead of like... Uh, but once somebody described podcasts to me as like, <laughs> well cuz you know i i was saying how like my impression of white people is kind of like well podcast 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 <laughs> and my friend yoga. was like but yeah yoga and and then my uh, my, fr- my producer rodinio uh was like uh, no nah, they're great they're like awesome like lonely man in the city tool and i was like oh maybe i do like podcasts <laughs> yeah, so yeah that's the long story that's right. all so tell us about your oh, podcast
0: no, as well the other thing is like this is unfiltered you can put your own content out because i'm well harry Condebo has got one with w cami yeah, he? the yeah. new uh, what's it called political reactive I think it's pretty good Um, but yeah so mine mine is just partly political broadcast it is me being satirical about the previous week's news, but also every week I'm trying to get someone that genuinely knows about stuff. So I've had some good guests. So I've had someone from like Campaign Against the Arms Trade talking about how we sell all our weapons to Saudi Arabia to kill people in Yemen with. Um, and, 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 you know, um, people, somebody like who oh, I thought, this subject sounds really boring, but it's about they want to ban, um, this person wanted to ban uh, driven grouse shooting, which to me means nothing. I've grown up in the city. But this simple, really elitist sport, uh, it turns out, is causing them to burn all this land, which means it's got no drainage, which means everywhere's getting flooded beneath it every winter, and at the same time it's killing all these wild birds, basically destroying our ecosystem. So I'm trying to get people on to be interesting about stuff. Um and in the meantime, I tell terrible jokes, have crap jingles. Um but I mean what's really interesting is uh is I've been doing it now since February, uh, just as as a kind of we we did some filmed ones a couple of years ago, my friend Ben Hilton. Um and that was a lot of time and effort to film something every single week. So uh, we started him as audio. But like the amount of gigs just this year was in it was, uh, three, we- three weeks. Three weeks goes in Liverpool and Manchester with Beck Hill to some double header shows. People turned up because of the podcast. Like a good amount of people, people turned up to the show in Barnsley because right. the podcast uh, did the QED Skeptics Conference a couple weeks ago. People were there because of the like. All people came up to me saying we all listen to the podcast. So it's working, which is really nice. Good. And your yeah, it's all your beats to provide all the all the bits I talk over. And- the Sick. intro music
1: great yeah that's what does it it's not all it's of the great content a, at no, all it
0: absolutely it's, is your all, it's all of the beats absolutely
1: it's, it's great that like to, to to be speaking on it it's like the same with your music you know you, you it's it's a you know i say this every podcast with whatever guests that that, that i have one um, that it's just so important with a platform to be speaking about it you know uh, it's a it's a wasted platform otherwise and like you know even though this podcast isn't strictly political is there's always politics in it just the same way that there's always something you know discussing music or, or Muppets in, in every episode as well but you know like and I think it's just as important you know what I mean to, to kind of have that
0: but is there, I mean also because the a thing like with music like you get to be you can be really angry you can be kind of fun like it's I don't know. Like I find it with comedy at the moment. The world's so fucking stupid that to make jokes about it is becoming harder. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: Well, you know. I had that where like I used to think about humor more while making rap, and like I didn't have any problem with it. But then as things got like more and more shit over the last like two years, it came to a point where it's like, how can I really be humorous about this? And you know, just a general aversion to being too serious about anything. How do I balance that? with something that is quite serious and like as far as like around when around when black lives matter started taking off and you know race finally became something that was in the 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 larger dialogue again in america um like uh, it was it was a pretty crazy time and i started kind of feeling like man i if like as far as my work goes like i shouldn't be making light or l- even laughing to keep from crying while talking about what essentially is people dying every day and stuff like that so it, it became kind of hard to be humorous but then you don't, you, you don't make light of it like you know like i don't i just i don't even think of it as being humorous least no. mostly other people that Talk about it as being humorous, and then I kind of, I'm like, well, I wasn't really being funny. That's just like I.
0: But it's also there's always like it's yeah. where you're aiming at because like you can be commenting on the subject without aiming at the victims. Do you know what I mean? Like there's that. Well,
2: I mean also it's just like if politics is in your life and your work is often your life, like you are your work and stuff, then you put politics in your work, and it's mm-hmm. not like a mission statement or a natural thing. Sometimes it's not even using the platform you have mm-hmm. to, to to for a cause, but it's just a natural organic type of thing based on the person you are, right? And I think that that might that happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, there's been. um I don't know if you. So it would have been. When did you get here? You came here on Monday, didn't you? Flew over. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. So last week we had a big thing here with uh, Lily Allen. Did this big. Uh, she went to the refugee camp in Calais and spoke out and did this thing. And and all the papers just trashed her, of being compassionate, lovey and all uh, how dare she? How dare she like, be compassionate. How dare she actually care about things and want to help people? That's yeah. disgusting. And like well, there was a lovely interview with her where I think the the reviewer was just going, Would you put them in? In your house, though, would you? Would you like? Would you know? You're all talk, but would you uh, put them in your million-pound home? And she was like, "Yeah, but I can't legally yet because of the government." I'd happily yeah. take them in, and then the report was like, "Oh." I didn't yeah. expect you to actually say that, but like th- th- I was like I was watching that thinking it's so important that artists speak out. Like if the, if 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 people that have got a voice that have got an audience to yeah. say stuff aren't allowed to say it or are trash for saying it, then then no one's got a voice. Like mm. where are you gonna? There was um did you uh, I can't remember, Corey. Were you there when we when we saw Harry Belafonte? At the
2: staff yeah, back? yeah, 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 that was
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. We, we took uh, our mum for her birthday oh, and wow. he did a Q and A. Mm. And it was like one of those inspirational mm-hmm. days. And uh, and one of the lovely things, I remember somebody asking him about the arts being cut here, all the funding. And he, he just said, arts is the gateway to truth. Yeah. That's what he said. He it said, it's how other people in, interpret the world yeah. is through arts. And that's why you've got to let art be unfiltered. And I think that's totally true. But I think, yeah, sadly, it's hugely filtered all the time on... Yeah, television stuff, but I think music and podcasts and comedy and that is still yeah, you re, can still like, get away from the say. platform
2: back, like reclaiming the narrative. or telling the stories you want to tell instead of like TV, often where you have to tell the stories that appeal to a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's like it's harder. To, I, everyone could just make music in their bedroom, and then it's in like it's an album, and yeah, I find like music is a cool medium to use for for that specifically you get a lot more leeway and you get to really pound it in if you want you know
0: well i guess your audience is coming to you you're not having to cater for an audience your audience comes to you because of what you make yeah
2: no that's why i do think podcasts are cool because it's been a lot of like really interesting people just getting a platform to talk about the things they want yeah
1: And what, so, so do you find that like say with um, your last album Eat, Eat Pray Fug that came out last year beginning of last year um, and you had a lot like a lot of very very political records on there as well that, and that, that are Dope and when I DJed for you last year it was really nice to see so many people that knew all the lyrics and like you know not related to them as such but like felt them. Do you find that it's that, that, that those songs had politicized people or that they were already on that wavelength?
2: ah man all right bringing the bringing the heat today (laughs) that's right all right um no i mean i kind of just tell my story and can't ever believe anyone listens and then when you find that people do listen Hmm. at the i guess the idea of being like an outsider in a sense is something that is like relatable to a lot more people than like i've had waves of different types of i'd say like these days A lot more south asians in the crowd than like before in rapping and that's really cool to see but yeah it's always a a different crowd of people and it's cool that i guess yeah it's often said you know that like even when you get really specific in art that's the best and Mm -hmm. when it's like relatable across you know types of people that's like a good validating feeling Mm -hmm. i mean like flag shopping
1: man it's just what a tune
2: yeah and again music is great because you get to reclaim that narrative and tell parts of the story you know as far as like post 9-11 and in, in literature were, there was more like post 9-11 stuff going on than music really yeah. and it has and, you know so I think it was kind of in, a, in some ways trying to make like a post 9-11 album mm-hmm. of of, uh, of you know different things it was about mental health it was about 9-11 mm-hmm. and it was about trying to like make sense of the world
1: the new record i mean like t5 which is just super dope yeah just all about being like fucked up at the airport pretty much by a fucking uh airport airport
2: there's security. like three songs about like airport yeah, security yeah. it's two brown dudes making an album and and they, and both of us fly a lot and it's like really just a given it's like the only that's what shoes off that song is about it's like I'm prone to, like, taking my shoes off at home and, like, at the religious temple, but the only other place is the airport, which is not, like, for me, a place of, like, peace and, like, you know, solitude and, like, reflection. It's just, like, you, like, you are put in a box. You are told who you are. But typically yeah. when my shoes are off, it means, like, I know who I am and I'm comfortable or, or I'm mm. at the temple. Have you thought so. about,
0: like, turning up to checkouts in, like, pajamas, take your shoes off, you like, ah, oh, you know, stretch.
2: Yeah, no. Have a
0: cup of cocoa and just be like...
2: Yeah, I, i'm <laughs> I'm pretty comfortable i take them out even before i come in just right Wait. on the sidewalk yeah i'm just ready to go uh i just
0: i always worry about when it's right time to take my belt off because if you take it off yeah. too early you're a bit creepy yeah, yeah. But if you take it off too late then you get in
2: trouble yeah. so it's tricky
1: i had that in the airport the other day it was like i stood there next to like a, like a, a family and then i was like i've got to take my belt off
2: this is creepy no, the rule i think yeah. is within five feet of the belt Of the belt, as in the luggage that you had within five feet. Yeah, I would say. It's the last thing to, to come off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think after, you.
1: After I think pants around no. five yeah. feet. <laughs> your underwear f-
0: pants.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 take off everything else. Yeah. Take off your protective no, why human why,
2: skin. As a brown man, I just show up naked and yeah. just ready to get the <laughs> anal cavity searched, which is odd for other people. They don't know, but I'm just trying to get on the flight as quickly as I can. So just it, make it must
0: get it. so annoying though. Like, do you, are, you, are you just sick of it? Are you just now? Because you sound like you've got quite, like, I just have to deal with this, get through it easy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, I've had to talk about it a lot because of this album. Sure. Definitely have. Yeah. But it is like, uh, it is what it is at a point. I mean, it's also the people who are. Doing it are also off like the TSA agents are often like people of color. And Riz talks about here, like, you know, they're people from Hounslow and they all like they know his work because he's British and this prominent figure who's, who's Asian. And so it's like the guy searching you down being like, hey, I saw you in that film the other day. It was really good. Yeah. Or both Riz and I like we have music that's on flights. Like you could, or yeah. you could watch The Night of on a flight and you could listen to Eat Pray Thug on a Delta flight. And it's like we have to go through this pain in the ass of like, you know, discriminatory experience and yeah. then you get on the plane and you're like yo i got on the plane i'm here oh i'm here like a i'm yeah, on the plane like well, so i saw I his
0: tweet a picture of, like he yeah. did search while there was a magazine with his face on it, it yeah. Said, yeah he
1: had the whole front cover
2: yeah that's crazy so it's kind of a, cra- a crazy experience yeah that's ridiculous
1: man because he literally was yeah he was on the front cover of that magazine for for something or another and they and uh, on the what was a virgin flight or something like that and he's and he still got yeah, searched yeah that's the
2: search I've been on that's, that, that's the search where they get you into the gate and everyone's basically seated and there's a table with one person you take all your stuff out and they search it mm. there's a bunch of different types of search I could tell I mean also I could What's tell your you your favourite <laughs> yeah well my yeah definitely the butt touching one that's right, the best sure. Yeah, the pat down I always opt for the pat down you don't have to go through that machine that like Gives you radio radio waves and shit. But then they have to touch you up. So I always see that machine.
0: They can see if you fart, like because it's heat
1: and it. Yeah. (laughs) Really. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Oh my god! I gotta try that.
2: Really. Yeah. All right, now challenge. Yeah, Yeah. I'll do this. (laughs) challenge accepted yeah, I'm challenge accepted
1: it, it's gonna yeah. save
2: him up gotta make lo- like you have to do things to uh, get your mind off of the discrimination so now yeah. I'm gonna fart in the radio wave chamber thank you
1: <laughs> and also you kind of dutch up in it at the same time because it's quite a small enclosed area so the next person that comes oh, in man.
0: yeah that's not yeah, that's or even
1: vicious. better do a fart and then go hey sorry I think there's a malfunction in here you're gonna have to oh, come and oh, yeah. check they the machine it, yeah. 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 although
0: they might have seen it if they can see
1: yeah, oh, right, so point. they might not yeah. but who who watched because that scan goes off somewhere who's who's looking at it? oh that? they
2: see it right there you have to like you go through the scan you wait you walk like within three feet somebody yeah. stops you then they look at the machine based on what comes up from the scan they pat you up you end up getting patted up again so often so it doesn't even make yeah, sense yeah exactly and then they let you go further once they get the scan in and then look at it and Fucking so way. they see it right there but there's definitely some it? dude somewhere and like Joking off to it yeah definitely yeah.
0: i say I've I mean uh, obviously I don't uh, have it happen to me very often but because uh, I've got a diabetic pump because I'm diabetic and that, that that makes me avoid a lot of scans because I just go well I can't take this off and oh, then yeah? they have to pat me down instead so get yourself like some sort of illness or injury that
2: All right, I'm working you on have it. to
0: have a, yeah
2: I'm constantly working on a chest <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a metal leg
1: Um, so that's that'll be a perfect time for the the annual thanks to try and podcast tradition of a piss break and then um We'll be right back for a twist on the shot. Welcome back to the Thanks for Trying podcast post-piss break. And one thing I haven't actually mentioned yet is that this is this is a, it's a bit of a, a, a different scenario for the Thanks for Trying podcast. Because for the first time ever, uh, there's two things that are different. One, it's not at nighttime; It's the middle of the day. It's beautiful and sunny outside in Stoke Newington. And two, we're not drinking alcohol. So the shot break, the shot break today is something very different. So I'm on a a bit of a health kick at the moment, you know, if I can go to the gym, you know, doing all that stuff. Yeah, impressed I am. Um, And then so today what I've I've done is I've made a special shot of uh, ginger, turmeric, lemon and a few other bits and bobs in there that I'll let you guys decide once we cheers. All right. Sante, juice, all that stuff. Oh wow! Oh that's, yeah, got quite the kick.
2: Oh yeah, that's spicy. That's cool. Oh
0: yeah. Mm. Woo. But, you see, I like that in being healthy and avoiding alcohol. Meet your diabetic brother that you've known as diabetic since you were born. Mm. Uh, you've put sugary apple juice in there. Oh yeah, too right. Yeah, so you fucked me up in some other way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it's, that's a really loving, <laughs> loving thing that you did there. Probably more fucked up oh, than sneaky. a shot of tequila. Absolutely, yeah. Because tequila would raise and lower my sugars, whereas <laughs> this. It's just going to raise my sugars. That's why I've done the heat for it. You're nasty about
1: that. There's cayenne in there. There's oh, yeah. turmeric. There's uh, a little bit of cider vinegar in there as well. I mean, I'm definitely awake. You know what? I've found that doing these shots like once a day is, wakes me up more than coffee does
2: you got to put me on the program, so how do you make these? I started getting a little into smoothies at home, mm-hmm. but, but this seems... Uh, this
1: no, it's is, great. It's so good. It's literally literally all it is. I usually do fresh apples, but today it's a bit of apple juice. Um, so it's apples, uh, a whole lemon, um, turmeric, fuckloads of ginger, uh, cayenne pepper, and vinegar.
2: How much turmeric are we talking about here? I mean,
1: I put in quite a bit. You can see it's quite yellow yeah, in no, its no, coloration.
2: The first thing is, yeah. yeah. But it's,
1: it's good. It's so good, man. It always, like a it, tablespoon
2: it means, like a teaspoon tell I just it. fucking dash it in
1: man oh yeah I do it the rap way yeah it's just tough throw it, throw it all in yeah it's
0: become like the big like the, tur- the turmeric latte or whatever be. I was like what the fuck is that and then it's really good that's been like the new hipster I know and, they stole, them. and, they, and they stole that
1: from an in, in Indian oh, God, thing are right? white
2: people stealing turmeric from us again yeah this yeah. didn't work out <laughs> well for us the last time because <laughs> well, they because
1: they called it what golden no what is it golden milk or something
2: it's called colonialism <laughs> Still, yeah. still the culture yeah that's what they do they start with the spice and then just it's a slippery slope of spice from there from spice
1: and now you've got fucking pumpkin spice lattes yeah, oh, yeah. the nectar of the white girl
2: so tell me about this turmeric craze that all the kids are getting busy with
1: well, I, I on I mean,
2: the I, streets
0: it's the new thing I've noticed in wanky like coffee shops around here uh, That seems to be like a the, the I think it's like a, just a turmeric latte or whatever, yeah. which is just, I think, milk and shit loads of turmeric. But it tasted, I had one because despite Gold being begrudging and angry about oh, the fucking wanky thing, I'll still try one. I yeah. still got to know if it's all right.
2: I just tried one. I got forced into it and it was all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's all right. <laughs>
0: that's the problem is I, I like to rally against these shitty uh, fashion trends and things but then I'll always try when I go hey, yeah. it's actually
2: quite good though yeah yeah, fair play everyone it's like stereotypes Like there's they're a reason they're stereotypes there's a reason it's a trend right yeah true like,
1: yep. that's it that's like it. kale kale died man Kale's uh, kale's back to where it was before, is. Uh, but yeah, because like eating lots of it's actually so now I like kale. Like,
2: huh? now I like kale. Now I'm into oh, kale. No, I'm so into kale. Uh, yeah, i
1: so. Uh, I was always into kale. Even when our our dad used to make kale and I hated it i was still into it you know i was back in the day kale you know
0: yeah old school kale yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: original kale. Yeah. og kale crew man OG like kale, yeah and then it became popular and i was like well, mainstream,
0: well yeah but there'll be an underground kale scene going on right now yeah so, man. there's gonna be I'm, some people I'm
1: like
2: leading the charge yeah, yeah. I, I
1: had to get into chard when people were into kale you know what i mean
2: yeah well i mean like for example i make a mean kale sag paneer
0: you
2: know? Oh shit! Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to ethnic up kale. Now that the white people have dip, yeah, like, yeah. left, that's when we we'll ethnic it up. So is that have you got it. rid of the spinach,
0: or is there still like is it no, kale and just, spinach? It's
2: just kale. Shit! It's a kale. It's a kale sub. Man. Yeah, yeah. Of this is spinach. just it's just one of my little things, you know.
1: Because you you make a, a lamb as well that I'm really excited because I'm yeah, yeah I'm you trying make to make li-
2: home, oh, right
0: so. okay you, like a lamb dish. You don't just make a lamb. I give
2: birth to lamb. Yeah, right. Of course, of
1: course. And I still really need to try that.
2: Yeah, I'm trying on Friday to cook a little. A yeah, little
1: we got we got a recording session on Friday. That whenever you're hearing this, it would have happened already. So you'll you'll know uh, whether or not it was successful or not.
2: This is one of the spaces I feel comfortable rapping in, it, sleeping in, hanging out, waking up, and stumbling into microphones.
1: <laughs> it's true. Uh, la- last year, uh, I said I told you the other day that I was going to mention this. Last year, when we were recording, we did what like five songs in one day, and. Um, you don't you don't um, you don't write
2: stuff down when, the, the, when the last rap. like year I don't really write you long, know? Like a year and a half
1: it, it's insane you just like kind of go up to the mic and then you just rap and it's like I don't, I don't know where it's coming from but you know it's all coherent and it's, it's sick and I, I drink
2: a lot of white wine when I'm in London for some yeah. reason there's a lot
1: of white wine and, and and it happened we did five songs and none of it was written down and it was sick uh, except for one one time at one, one point when you had a bit of paper and um and you'd written something on it and i was like he's man like what what have you written on this on this paper have you written down lyrics you say you never write down lyrics man i'm calling you out i'm calling you out and he was quite drunk at the time and uh, he just he showed me the paper and it was just a bunch of diagrams, and he was rapping from the diagrams. But that's what that's what Young. <laughs>
2: that's what that's what Young Thug. Wow. I, I read an article that Young Thug does that, and I was like, let's see if this like really works. And so. <laughs> I wanted to do that. Yeah,
0: that's not. How does how does it? What sort of diagrams are they? Like like Venn diagram? You got like two subjects? No, they'll and often then the be
2: like words. <laughs> there'll be words. There's some words in the diagram. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There'll be like a con- a bunch of words that I like the sound of, or that the the beat might evoke these words within me, or some, something like this, and mm. uh, or certain feelings I'm trying to like There's convey. There's a lot of triangles, and then I just draw arrows from the words to each other in like how I f- flow them out. Like line to line, oh, and then wow. I just fill the other words through the arrows, kind of.
0: That sounds amazing. Right. And is, but is it also? <laughs> it a is it I didn't remember
2: that, that I did that though. That's cool. Like yeah.
0: only you can. Oh, oh Did you ever look back at them and go like, "What the fuck was that"? Like,
2: I didn't realize I had done that until just like yesterday. Cool.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, I prob- it was probably a shit verse though. I bet. Like, no, nah, it was sick. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It was, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got it somewhere. I've got the diagram sheet
2: somewhere. I'll
1: frame it one day.
0: It'll be one of those. If you play it backwards, it will find like the lost tomb of some
1: emperor or some shit.
2: Yeah, I don't want. I don't. I wonder. I'm like afraid to look at it. But (laughs) let's see.
1: Um, One thing I wanted to to talk to you about as well um, that that is uh, Salmon Rusty.
0: Classic podcast topic.
2: Classic,
1: because you're friends with him.
2: I I know him. I I hang out with him occasionally, or I have.
1: Tell me the story, then. Um, I know to know Tina will, will have questions. I've definitely already got questions.
2: I was um doing an event with the Asian American Writers Workshop and he it was like kind of honoring him and so Zadie Smith and Jonathan Saffron Four and someone else had spoke had read his work out loud and then afterwards there was like a dinner with a bunch of people and I played like 70s like Bollywood like songs and hung out. But we had also initially just reached out. I kind of tweeted at him essentially, and he, he responded, and we had this exchange. And I think I think his son um, maybe was a fan that put him on. And so after that, I went and had a drink with him, and have kind of um, have uh, just like emailed him and stuff, and I had dinner with him recently with uh, with Riz and a bunch of people, just like on one of the debate nights, like just a bunch of brown people drinking and, <laughs> and eating. Um before the debate, because it 's sad times in america, and um yeah he's been really like he's been really cool and helpful and like you know wow. open to like as a as somebody who wants to eventually write a novel like he you know I feel like he's been super kind in a sense and been like you know feel free to like hit me up and let me know what you 're working on and
0: that's you know, amazing yeah, yeah. god that's amazing
2: yeah.
0: um and what's he like is he uh uh, he sounds very nice, but he. I, I just sort of imagine that he constantly spews kind of quite interesting philosophies well, at you. I,
2: I mean, I, uh, the first time we hung out in New York, like he was super charming and just like, you know, v- very smart, clearly. And But just, yeah, super charming, super good at talking and hanging out. And uh, I've been really spoken. Uh, unfortunately, the last time I was in London, I seem to have not not i kind of like stood him up for for lunch once and he that, stood up some and rushed him yeah and then, yeah and then <laughs> but now I mean, you're I, still asleep here like hung over probably um unfortunately and so so but more but uh pa- i hope i patch things up <laughs> i, I <laughs> yeah. think it seems all right now <laughs>
0: Wow. Yeah, I don't think you're. I don't think it's the worst bridge that's ever been. Well, actually, before. you know there's one, I think one or two over that one. Yeah, I think that one. Be well,
2: right. There's so few like South Asian like writers artists or media people that you kind of um you know when you get somebody like that to to allow you this you know like relationship of picking their brains it's super cool like Vijay Iyer is somebody I often consider a mentor he's a jazz piano player in the states and um he teaches at like Harvard got a MacArthur super talented smart guy Uh, I play with him in kind of an improv band with a guitarist and uh um a drummer and him on piano and um even you know I got to meet Sanjeev Bhaskar from Goodness Gracious Me last time I was here. So this project I'm doing with like a British rapper, a lot of it comes from this interest in the Asian scene here, and being able to watch something like Goodness Gracious Me and be like, how come we don't have this in New York? Like, what? Who do we? So even sitting in New York, I would look over to London at like Asian Dub Foundation and you know films like East Is East and my son the fanatic and my beautiful Lundra and you know writers here like Salman Rushdie and Hanif Kureishi. And- And and goodness gracious me, and kind of be jealous and be like, ah, I want to do, you know. And again, that that tension for like Asian art essentially moves in waves. It was definitely bigger. In the 90s, there was a wave Mm -hmm. of Talvin Singh and this, you know, fundamental and these bands and Mm -hmm. musicians. And so there's less of that now. But it's cool because this project I get to kind of... um, you know um fill fill that up that void that i had looking at england and try to make something like that that you know crosses those borders of diaspora and like yeah. so
0: yeah, it's a real shame. it's really it's sadly we've got a lot less of it now here than than we used to, as you said. Um there's some good there's some really good uh Asia stand ups, uh, South Asian stand ups but the, but I mean really the yeah, T V is we, we, we had an era of um we had like the real McCoy which was an Afro Caribbean kind of sit and Desmonds Desmond. and things like that. And then and they had the goodness gracious me and, and you had all these different like really diverse uh, in the nineties yeah. and then sort of hit the two thousands and TV went, Oh no, we'll just have young white guys again. Yeah,
2: Downtown Abbey.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. We'll have we'll have shows where elite white people yeah. uh, are the focus. It was really, yeah, it's really strange. But
1: well, like two two point four families of fucking like white white people just like fucking being in a house. Yeah, uh, worrying about their shopping.
2: Race is sensitive in like England. You can't really talk about race. Even some people in America get uptight when you say white people. But as like a person of color, you're always referred to as that Indian guy. And yeah. so, but I, I sense you know in England when you talk about race, it's just like people aren't as comfortable. It's a less common thing in 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 discourse. You know.
0: Well, but it's that, it's that bizarre thing where all the kind of. Uh so his commentators go, "Oh, you, you can't talk about race anymore." they are all the people that would then uh, be quite racist. Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, it's usually um, out. Yeah. yeah. There was that whole thing of like no, nobody's saying anything about immigration, but they were saying that four hundred times a day oh, yeah. about immigration. You know, like it's, yeah. it's just nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's the same people that are all uh, you know at the moment we've got this big thing where a lot of uh, particularly right wing are kind of saying oh you know sick of these people these overly politically correct trying to find their safe space sure. trying to you know say what they want and then at the same time they're saying that they love people who say what they think like Trump or whatever Yeah, and and then get angry when people disagree with them and hide in their safe space it's just a whole world of hypocrisy yeah, I think it's like a, it's
2: all like scapegoating because we, we're both parts of two falling empires and yeah. like people need people to blame and so it's happening both here and over there you know the
1: dub- double speak and it? it's the 1984 thing it's classic you know it's like the the, the things that mean two things and, and you can have one opinion on something and that's completely oh, right. right there's yeah. very there's
2: specific ways to to uh, even um yeah oppression can be spoken in politically correct terms or mm. tricky kind of language right but it's clear a lot of it is just racism and Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of it comes from also race being inserted into the conversation because of, like, Obama's presidency and this idea of, like, when pe- people need someone to blame, mm-hmm. blame Obama, and then how that extends to blaming minorities as a whole or, you know, um, immigrants as a whole. Mm-hmm. And um, the just, yeah, it's like things aren't working out for me. Um, like I said, Britain and the U.S. are not where they used to be or are growing, and there's this anxiety about it. And so it's easier to... Um, Blame the neighbor you don't know because yeah. you've all you've been othering yeah. them for years. Well, yeah. so it's
0: also that, I mean, especially over here. Uh, we've had the thing where we've had a government that's caused austerity and just made made hardships so much worse, made so many more people hungry and homeless. And, but yeah. instead of saying, we did that, they've gone, it's yeah. immigrants, it's too many people. And so everyone's amazingly lost all their memory of the crash that happened only eight years ago and gone, oh yeah, it's them. I mean, the other thing I was going to say is uh, plug in yet another podcast, but I've um, been listening to the Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History podcast. So I'd highly recommend it if you get a chance. But one of them, he's talking about... Um, A big study showed that people you'd assume that people that vote for Obama in America would be more progressive, maybe more liberal, more open to the idea of having (laughs) a black president. But it turns out a lot of people that vote for Obama did that and then said, All right, we've done our one thing that proves we're not racist. Now we can be racist and they're hugely racist the rest of the time in, in their views and opinions and as though it's their almost their get out clause. You know, uh, so what you'd actually need is a succession of presidents who weren't white in order for it to actually make a difference.
2: Yeah, there is this idea of, like, um, post-racial... post-racism and like oh well we have a black president so clearly we're not racist and it's mm. like yeah it's it's like like using the president as your black friend to be like no it's cool i have a black friend yeah it's, it's cool no i i voted for the the the, the black nominee so now it's i could say whatever i want i get a pass it's when, like, when's when's the election it's next week right november 8th, november 8th man 8th, i'm playing yeah. i'm playing a show that night it's gonna Jesus. be weird i hope like they have tvs uh, or I hope they don't. Let's see. Like, have you
0: got a song to? Like, have you got a track that you choose to play depending on each outcome?
2: I mean, the whole album is pretty much a lot of like anti-Islamophobia, so I feel sure. like the it lends itself to one. To specific, both candidates,
1: well, I mean, in a way, but yeah, definitely Trump. Yeah. So, so it's. I mean, how are we how are we feeling? Which uh, is it? Is it going to be Trump?
2: No, I I don't know. I've not looked at the numbers in like since I've been here, but mm. it doesn't look like it's going to be. And there might even be former red states that turn blue. Wow. So.
1: And none of it matters anyway because because sh- it's she's, she's going to be the same.
2: It's uh, they're all the same essentially, but there's one that's clearly worse than the other, I think, yeah. and that's what yeah. kind of um, I don't I don't specifically have anything against Hillary Clinton. I definitely supported Bernie Sanders more. Yeah, but, of course. But um, yeah, like it's it's it, this whole thing has been surreal. When I came here in November, before I went to India, it was a lot of it was kind of like running away from America and this racism and and Trump. Mm-hmm. And so I left in November, stayed here a month, and went to Goa for like three or four months. Came back to the states after about five five and a half months, and was hoping by then this stuff will be over. And it was like, oh no, like full steam ahead. And so it's been it's been pretty intense. And I yeah. mean, I, I I can't wait until it's done, yeah. so I just don't have to constantly see this nonsense being like yes. repeated in media and for and all I do is just watch the news at this point. Mm. It is interesting, but it's do you
0: think cause one of the things I think I, I sort of am uh, concerned about is like because I think you're right, I think it looks like Hillary's gonna win now, mm. and people listening to this podcast say in four weeks' time, yeah, we had, uh, exactly. you idiots, <laughs> and now they're dead. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, uh, but with the whole Donald Trump saying, I'll only accept the outcome of this election if I win, and all that, and you know, like, is there a fear that it, 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 he loses, all the people that voted for him are gonna fucking riot and.
1: You know, I worry that that's going
2: to kick off. It won't be
1: seen as riots, though. Oh, and of course, because they're white, yeah. um, Polite protests
2: with guns. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's setting it up in that way. He's been kind of the last two weeks talking about, like, as if he's already lost and getting people ready to kind of incite, you know, riots. And it's pretty scary. Mm. It was interesting for me that, you know, he said and has been accused of all these, you know, um, of assault, essentially, and that didn't, like rattle as many republicans but when he potentially insulted the notion of democracy in america and and the election system and not accept like not uh, accepting necessarily peaceful transition that is when a lot of people were like oh my god you know he's insulted democracy but it was like he's been insulting women minorities all this for ages and that didn't really like make you question this dude I was just like, man, that's crazy. That I can't, I can't understand that.
1: But I genuinely think that there's nothing he could say that would that would make a difference to his supporters anyway. And in the same way that, like,
2: he said no, this. He said, "I could, sh- I could shoot somebody in the back of their head yeah. on Fifth Avenue, and my poll numbers wouldn't go down."
1: It's true. It's so true. It's the same it's with t- same t- with <laughs> Theresa May. Like, there's nothing. You know what, what happened? You'll know more about this than me, and But her this week coming out what with that leaked thing about her saying she didn't believe in brexit anyway you know all of this yeah, yeah. all of this stuff, no no matter what happens it it doesn't matter like you could you know you, you can she could say anything and people still would be tories and still we would, would still be like well it's probably corbyn's fault
0: yeah, but it's, it's, all, it's also all the kind of dis, disillusionment. I think it's very much in the States you've got a whole mm. class of people that have felt they've been ignored for years and years and years and years. Um, and, and you have over here, you've now got a lot of people that think that the only way they've got a voice is because of Brexit. Mm-hmm. Even if Brexit isn't going to help them in any way, it's going to make their lives incre- much, much worse. They all kind of go, well, we, somebody listened to us. Yeah. We got what we wanted, so yeah. now it has to happen. Otherwise yeah. it's just... And, and I agree with that. You know, even as someone that wanted to remain, I think if you don't follow right. through with the vote then you are taking the piss out of our crappy democracy anyway, that you've got to... You just have to make it as best as you can, but you've got all these people saying they just want it... They're so angry that nothing's happened for them in years. Right. That this is the closest thing they get to having a say. And I and I, I, mean, I guess... Uh, to, I think with, with Trump, there are also... I mean, similar, I suppose, with Brexit. There's a number of people that were racist and weren't for other reasons. But I think there is also that like a working especially working class people are going like hang on a fucking second we just want someone that isn't the same establishment shit that's going to side with businesses yeah. even though Trump is a fucking business and you know yeah, I exactly. mean that, that is you know there's that whole ridiculous but it's, side it's of just
1: there. this confusion and like yeah. people have no idea they're just like well you know the, 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 it's headless chickens kind of thing you know they, really? they 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 don't know what they're voting for and they don't know how to make change and they just want to blame people and have no idea how to how to to kind of make yeah. anything better. And yet, the one person like, say, with Corbyn, who actually has can make a change and wants, to you know, is is the is a viable difference to it. They they'll find any excuse to to say it's wrong.
0: Yeah. There's, uh, the, the, um, the, the I'll be really boring for a second I, I went to see um, a panel back in May with um, George Mombio on who I, I'm treating as a bit of a hero at the moment I don't know if you've heard of him he's no. like, he writes for the Guardian. he's a big environmentalist and he's written right. um, lots of books he wrote a whole book about rewilding which is something I think is amazing where they reintroduce a species back into an area where it's been made extinct right. and that kind of fixes the ecosystem uh, and there's big things like in Yellowstone Park uh, all the wolves were mm, hunting guilds they put wolves back in it, it caused like so many changes it caused the river to change shape because the deer stopped grazing by the river because they could be killed and mm. the, that meant that fish came back to the river and insects came back to feed, and feed. in like 10-15 yeah. years all these animals return yeah. um, anyway George Monbiot was talking about uh, we're in this age of, uh, he calls it the age of loneliness, but it's neoliberalism. Neoliberalism is the idea that mm. everything should be competitive. Everything's a competition. Everything has a right to be competitive. And if you say it shouldn't be, then you're attacking freedom and democracy. Mm. That's what we're living in. And we have been since, like, Thatcher, Reagan. And everything. Um, and that's why they want to privatise. Yeah, over here, mm. privatise health service. I know it's already in the states. But, you know... Um, and, and I think that's that's the thing and neoliberalism doesn't work we've had big crashes but there, for it to change would require a lot of people with a lot of money to lose money mm-hmm. and therefore they don't want it to change no
2: it'll
0: never happen so we're just stuck in this shit until someone but also there's no good new ideas the only ideas people have now are old ideas so we've yeah. got like oh we could do you know uh, communism or socialism or whatever but they're all ideas that uh, from that, uh, we need a new idea that takes the best of things, and no one's got it. I haven't got it. I'm got a great idea. Eggs, eggs, anytime, probably. Eggs anytime. Eggs
2: anytime. you guys need me. I'll start running your country. Please do. I'd be yeah.
1: bang up for that. I yeah. will help you with the campaign.
2: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah, oh, no, I'll be happy with that.
2: Eggs yeah. anytime. No, you will. So decon was kind of cool, but then it was like that was also it was tense because. What, like I people ask us with this record whether there's a line about Brexit with Riz is talking about Trump wants his exit, but if he watches um um like Netflix, bruv, I'm on and so uh he's on it, yeah. yeah. And so um it, but it, people ask us if we were we didn't you know think it was gonna happen as well. I was here and so it was more the album was kind of celebrating the Sadiq Khan moment right. than like the immediately what followed. And I wonder also how much that even I guess London didn't really vote for uh, leaving so, but mm. you know, the, it it does move in these waves. You, it's like you elect a person of color to a prominent position, and then once that's done, you can immediately start like yeah. you know. it's So oh, it's all planned. Just in in terms of like drawing parallels, you know.
1: Yeah, it's all a chess game. It's all it's all pre-planned, and you know all of it. Like even even fucking
2: Illuminati, yeah. Uh- hashtag illuminati yeah you know
1: hashtag, it's, I, but it's it's true it's painfully true like it's you know whether, whether it's the fact that hillary and trump were mates it's that like way in
0: the states you get like dynasties you've had you've had all the bushes now you get all the yeah, clintons, the like, clintons like, i just yeah. think that's crazy it's like uh it's like a sort of monarchy but for
2: yeah i mean Christons. we have that in a lot of yeah in india as well you have like the the gandhis and yeah these kinds of uh the boudoirs in uh, pakistan
1: um so tin that's, that's a good time before we wrap up um because you've, you've got a gig coming up that this that will be a week after this podcast comes out so and it's for an excellent cause that, that is all related to kind of what we're talking about anyway um so feel free plug away
0: yeah, uh, it's for the the, cha- the the charity called Help Refugees. They're yeah. the big one. That's essentially, it's three women that set this up mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, you know, during the crisis to to help. Their, their whole thing is that they don't want particularly publicity. They don't want to make. They they just want to get the money to people who need it. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. They're a really really good charity. Um, and I did a gig for uh, set, set up a charity gig from back in July, and so we're running this massive help refugees gig. It's called very unoriginally "Stand Up for Refugees" uh, at Conway Hall on November the eighth. Um, and the lineup at the moment is uh, Frankie Boyle, Sarah Pascoe, uh, Doc Brown the (previous mm-hmm. guest), um, Tez Ilias, Kerry Godleyman, Jen Brister, and me. Oh, and Richard Herring as well, who's Sweet. just joined. Um, and so that's that's on at Conway Hall in Holborn. We've sold uh, like almost like there's some tickets left, yeah. but not many. Yeah. So check that out. And we've also a bit of a secret one, and we're doing. One in Manchester, March twenty fourth, um, that has Sarah Millican and Jason Manford on. Wow. So it's going to be massive. So we're trying to run a few. Hopefully, get one in Glasgow that yeah. Frankie's sorting out for us. Just yeah. get a ton of money to them because they're, they're currently they're all in Calais at the moment trying to yeah. help them. Um, trying to help all the people that are being kicked out of the camp. Yeah. So just thought, may as, well, may as well make people laugh while getting some money. Definitely. Some good That's places. a great
1: cause. Make sure you go buy the remaining tickets of that when this, when this comes out. And if it is sold out, travel to Manchester in March and go go see that one. Um, and also, while, while I'm here as, as well, I've got, uh, and speaking of Doc Brown, December the 18th is going to be episode 10 of the thanks for trying podcast and it is happening live at the phoenix in central london so make sure you go get tickets for that and it is with the returning guests from episode one doc brown and ed scrine so come down for that it will be fucking amazing um so thank you very much to my guests today uh and my brother tin and Deb. You have been listening to episode 8 of the Thanks for Trying podcast. Big shout out to Heems and Tiernan for coming through. And big thank you to Seb White again for recording the show. Episode 9 will be up online very soon at some point in November. And of course, episode 10 in December will be live. So make sure you go and buy your tickets now. If you have any suggestions on who you'd like to see as a special guest on the Thanks for Trying podcast, feel free to tweet me, email in, do all that good stuff.